0: Retail Talks is brought to you by ITL, Intelligent Label Solutions. With a 40-year track record, ITL specializes in enhancing your brand image and helping you share essential information about your products. Whether you are a retailer, brand owner, or garment manufacturer, ITL's integrated range of products and solutions is designed to support your needs. Your label is your brand. Put it in safe hands. Broadcasting from beautiful Montreal to retail enthusiasts around the world. world. You're listening to RFID Phil's Retail Talks with your host, Philip Lasner. Hello, retail and RFID enthusiasts. Today, we had an interesting discussion with John Pierre Camel, aka JP, and Marshall Kay from RFID Sherpas. RFID Sherpas LLC is a consulting practice focused exclusively on the retail sector. The company serves a global base of retailers, vendors, technology providers, investors, and industry associations as an advisor on all facets of retail RFID. In addition to helping clients utilize RFID practically and profitably, the company plays an active role in fostering education and adoption of item level RFID within the retail community. Here was our conversation. Okay, great. So tell me about the Shelfie Stick.
1: So we, the Shelfie Stick was invented originally for a client who had some health and safety issues at their store where a couple of people fell off ladders doing cycle counts um, and really has evolved since then. So the idea behind the Shelfie Stick, it's on a carbon fiber extendable pole um, with a little bucket on the top that allows you to place uh, various handhelds. We have a universal mount that allows you to put any handheld into it and strap it into place. Um, and then it allows users to count shelves basically from the ground as high up as 12 feet. Um, so they can extend their arms up and count 12 uh, product on 12 foot high shelves. And uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Did, yeah. So how did you come to want to create such a device?
1: So we were in a steering committee meeting with one of our clients and the head of health and safety came in and told us that um, several people had fallen off of ladders during doing cycle counts. Um, and so the, you know, the steering committee said, well, how do we solve this problem? Because we can't do cycle counts for these high shelves off the floors because reading through these metal shelves or metal shelving structures basically eliminated the ability to count, count those items from the floor. And so I had suggested, well, why don't we go get a, you know, there's got to be a pole or something that we can mount the stick onto. <laughs> and they said, it doesn't exist.
0: Technology so, at its finest. Exactly. Let's find a stick. And, uh,
1: and so I, I told them, okay, give me a week, I'll do some searching. And they were right, it didn't exist. Um, and so I, uh, I made my first one at home. I went to Canadian Tire, sorry, to Home Depot. Um bought some PVC piping and actually made made the first one in my basement, brought it back to them. Um, they loved it, and their exact words were we'd like to order three hundred please. And I said, uh, I can't make you three <laughs> hundred. Um, and so i uh, I reached out to my contacts in the manufacturing side um, and we uh, we manuf we got a manufacturing contract in place to to build them. and so we, we kind of changed it up a little bit. We made the base out of, um, out of carbon fiber to make it nice and light because people are carrying these, these sticks around for you know, 30 minutes or so, you know, maybe even as much as an hour doing a cycle count. And so we didn't want it to be heavy. Um, right. And so the base is, is made of a carbon fiber and, um, and uh, away we went. And so we, we had our first order with our first clients.
0: Amazing.
1: Uh, and we and don't, sorry, go ahead.
0: How were the results from that, from that first order?
1: So there, it was actually pretty incredible. Um, so there was a significant labor efficiency savings. So the uh, the first client said that just from a cycle counting time perspective, they saved between fifty and sixty percent um, on the amount of time it took them to do <laughs> cycle counts, especially in their back of houses that that had high stock
0: rooms. You know, high so stock rooms. so they had an improvement in reading efficiency with implementing RFID and then they used the shelfie stick and they got an added benefit. <laughs> exactly. So they, they were doing it
1: faster. So they were able to cycle count a lot faster cause they weren't going up and down ladders anymore. Right. Um, and then the second thing is what we found, which we hadn't really anticipated originally was that there was a scanning accuracy benefit. So because you were getting the, the handheld a lot closer to the product, um, we actually had more accurate scans as a result of using, um, it's also using the shelfie stick for those high those items on high shelves, um, and then probably the biggest benefit, which really doesn't translate into a labor savings or an accuracy savings, is employee safety. So we basically got people off of ladders, um, and so that was that. Those are kind of the three big benefits. Um, and that one client told us that their ROI was 20 days <laughs> on, on a shelfie stick.
0: That is amazing. amazing. So yeah. So-
1: We we don't really sell them like you you can't go to like www.shelfystick.com so it's really kind of word of mouth that we sell these yeah Um, so most of our clients who we've done work with now have bought some Um, but yeah so that's it's it's proven to be a pretty good tool amazing so tell so tell me who's J P so I am uh, so I'm a partner at a consulting firm called RFID Sherpas so we are we don't sell hardware we don't sell software. We specialize in helping retailers kind of front, go through the journey of Omnichannel and RFID right from concept and business case right through to implementation and change management. Um, so we we are not nuts and bolts kind of people. We really are the uh, the advisors to our clients as they roll out these programs.
0: Amazing. And
1: are you solo? No. So we've got about six people in our company. So it's me and my partner, Marshall K., um, who... Run the company, and then we've got uh, we've got six consultants in the in the firm as, as a whole.
0: Marshall, do you wanna you wanna say hi? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I was trying to go. I was trying to go there. I didn't know whether you wanted to.
2: Sure, I understand. Uh, thank you, Phil, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, we really do play a special role in the place, in, in the space because we are vendor neutral, and as JP said, we help clients at any stage of the journey. Uh, with RFID and Omnichannel, and in addition to providing guidance and advice, we provide active support and help our clients measure and manage these initiatives to give them the confidence uh, in these investments. And Marshall, I met you a thousand years ago. Well, <laughs> so,
0: so Marshall, give me a little bit of, uh, of your background and how you came about to uh, take part of R- in RFID.
2: Sure. Um, I got bit by the RFID bug in 2003. I come from more of a traditional management consulting background. After getting an MBA, I started working for a global retail consulting firm called AT Kearney. And while at AT Kearney, I was asked to work on a project involving RFID and something called data synchronization. That's when I got excited about RFID, and I knew it was going to be profoundly important to the future of retail. So, following that, I uh, specialized in retail working for a consultancy called Kurt Salmon where I was the lead in North America of their RFID practice and then in 2007 formed RFID Sherpas to address some specific needs of the market. Essentially, the market needed a boutique consultancy that could be very nimble. The market wasn't looking for a traditional big firm consulting model. And so that's when RFID Sherpas was formed and JP joined shortly thereafter. And we've worked on some very significant initiatives uh, within the retail RFID community and have had the privilege of working with some wonderful clients on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. And our work even takes us to Asia, too, in terms of uh, some of the upstream important work that needs to be done there as well.
0: So I'm curious, where do you see RFID adoption going forward with vertically integrated apparel retailers in in that mid-tier? We've seen the the top-tier guys jump on. Where are you seeing the mid-tier?
2: I think the mid-tier, right now it's more variable simply because there isn't necessarily the complete understanding of how critical these capabilities are and this is the way I like to explain it to people. There used to be a time where you could legitimately ask a retail CEO if his or her company used computers. And then there quickly became a time where asking them that question would be absurd. Mm -hmm. There was, of course, a small transition period where maybe that question was still acceptable, but starting to get a little bit odd. Yeah. That's what's happening right now with RFID. That's what's happening. Um, Having these capabilities is increasingly going to be viewed as critical Mm -hmm. and vertically integrated apparel retailers are right in the sweet spot. They have the most to gain. You can capture value from putting the tag on the product from factory to store and then beyond. They don't need to worry about any of the logistical issues that department stores have. And so... As it relates to the mid-tier, I think what you will see is that there will be increasing recognition that having these capabilities is simply the only way you can profitably operate your enterprise going forward. And it will have less to do with whether a company is big or mid-sized or small, because frankly, there are... A number of wonderful solutions addressed to each of those segments of the marketplace and simply more a question of like I said are you operating with computers or without computers are you operating with RFID which essentially gives you the advantage of looking at your business with night vision goggles right. or, or are you not and it's it is worth noting that several of our clients have actually been small retailers
1: um, so, you know, we have one retailer today who's a client of ours who has less than 20 stores, has plans, you know, in the next three years to grow that to 200 plus stores. Um, but they've already turned on source tagging because they see the value and they understand how that can really help them, both from an omnichannel perspective. And that was the, really their key was how can we effectively do omnichannel in a way that's profitable and allows us to grow?
0: Um, uh- and for just out of curiosity, for those smaller retailers, how are you finding their human resource capabilities to implement new technologies such as RFID? Well,
1: it's a great question. Um, I think they're they're definitely limited on the IT side. Yeah. They don't necessarily have great, uh, great or large IT programs. Um, so I think they really are looking at SaaS solutions um, and IT solutions that can do a lot of the heavy lifting. Right.
0: Um.
1: You know, some of these have got some very basic back end systems today, whether it be a point of sale or, you know, they may be just using some sort of Apple Pay functionality in the stores or some very basic some basic uh, point of sale functionality. So they're really looking for someone who could who could really integrate with what they have, but also be scalable to to support what they do in the future. Um, I think on the, you know, the other side of it from a people process perspective a lot of these smaller organizations don't have a lot of people in their stores organizations, you know, they've right. got the stores going, but they don't necessarily have, you know, a, a layer of, of regional managers and district managers and store operations people. And so I think that side of it to make sure that they have the visibility into how their stores are operating is critical. And that's, that's an, another area where we've seen a real need in the marketplace. Um, is around that execution management piece. I'm not sure if you're familiar with with execution management um, or how we define execution management.
0: Yeah, yeah unpack that.
1: Um, but yeah, so really, and I can, I can expand on it a little if you want. Yeah, 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 that'd be great. Um, so, you know, from an execution management perspective, and there's a company called Isle 5 that does a great job of, of this, and it's a SaaS solution, but there's, you know, there, there's multiple ways of doing this and building it organically within the organization if you have a BI capability, which is really about driving visibility into how your stores are executing their RFID programs on a daily basis. So are they doing their counts every day? Are they doing them on time? Are they you know, how well are they doing their counts? so having a health score around their their cycle count? Are they replenishing? How many items do they have on the replenishment report at any given moment? How much redline product do they have on the floor versus in the back of house? Um, you know, understanding kind of, a broad spectrum of information around, you know, how long is it taking them to address zero on the floor needs? Um, so, what is their what is their model stock um, on floor availability versus their isos or their in store out of stock number? So, how many zeros do they have on the floor for product they carry in stock? Um, and creating these dashboards that can be looked at to give an overall health score for a store, and so yeah. you could say, you know, this store is 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 in green, this store is in yellow, this store is in red. Um, very quickly, and then um, by drilling into it, understanding well, where are the problem areas that are happening in each of these stores and how can we create training programs to help us address each one of these issues. And having a good execution management solution in place, um, whether it be a homegrown BI type tool set or whether it be one of these commercially off-the-shelf products like il five, allows an organization to really effectively manage their rollout Um, And kind of the maturity level of their program, because when you've got three or four stores running, you know, you could, you know, you could easily have somebody at head office keeping, you know, their finger on the pulse of that program. But when you've got 30, 40, 50 stores or hundreds of stores or thousands of stores running, it's literally impossible to have someone manually keep their finger on the pulse of the program. And so you need to have a systematic way of determining where are the problems Um, you know, having alerts that go out to whether it be someone in the field or someone in the store, if certain things haven't been done. um, An example of something that adds tremendous value for some of these retailers um, is the ability to identify never, never missing products. So I can never have this item in out of stock status on the floor at store open. Mm. And so, you know, if you open the store without, you know, one of the list of 10 critical items in the store, and that can be tailored based on each individual store. There's an alert that's sent that says yeah. oh, you're out of stock in these particular items. Um, and so that, that kind of functionality and that kind of layer on top of the RFID to really really adds considerable value.
0: Yeah, we're seeing that too. We call that shop optimization. We want to make sure minimum and maximum thresholds are uh, maintained and guaranteed, and we, we handle that through a whole notification tool.
1: You know, one thing actually that really, that really has me excited um, with regards to, with regards to omnichannel and RFID is, you know, the, the layering in of machine learning and AI on top of all the data that these programs are collecting. And, for what purpose? So I think there's a whole bunch of different ways okay. that could be used. Like you could be doing it for, you know, well, what, what should you be putting on the floor? So what do you, your planograms or your floor minimums should they look like? What should yeah. your assortment look like? Should you be changing up your assortment in a store? Yeah. Um, should you be changing the way that you manage your resources? So based on where you're, you know, should you be changing your staffing needs in your stores based on what you're selling, what product is moving, um, and using all that data to drive efficiencies that way. Um, I think you can start to use that data to more effectively allocate product across your chain. Um, you know, can you move to more of a hold and flow versus a, you know, basically a true a true pull versus push model in, in your supply chain? Um, can you have nodal visibility across the chain and, and understand how you should be managing that information? Um, you know, a lot of retailers use processing centers or, or manned offsites as a staging facility for large footprint stores to make sure that they've got product. Well, how do you manage the data between... Your DC, your processing center, and some of your larger footprint stores, and make sure you got the right product in the right place at the right time. Yeah,
0: yeah that's um, key.
1: So I think all of those things together, with a automated AI framework, can really drive significant value. Um, and then the analytics side of of what's happening is huge as well. And so I think that's kind of for me the the next layer of of uh, of value. And there's there's I think there's a short term way to get there, and there's a long term way to get there. I think there's there's, um, if you think of true AI and true AI tool sets, you, you might be a few years away from in having true AI and machine learning integrated into some of this RFID information. Yeah. But there's, there's an opportunity using bots today that I'm not sure if you're familiar with bots. So yeah, a, a bot essentially is an automated person. So it's a piece of software that, can act as a person in your system, can log into multiple systems, just like a person using a user ID, but can automate things. So say for instance, they can, you can have a bot program to look for inventory levels dropping below a certain threshold um, within the RFID system, that bot can then turn around and log into JDA and make an allocation decision based on the RFID information put and push information automatically. Um, They could take a look at a price change that happens in one system and then log into the RFID system and make a change to say, you know what, this item just moved from full price to red line. So let's mark it now as a red line product at the store and take it off the floor minimum sheet.
0: Can you bring in external data points, whether in a particular location? Without it. So you
1: you could think of it as just an automated person. So it's it's a piece of software that could do anything from a keystroke perspective that a person can do except you could you could program it yeah. and so what's beautiful about this is you can have multiple system interactions without the need for complex and costly integrations yeah. um, and you could do that in near time um, and so you know you're seeing it for, you, you know you could see it right across the board whether you whether you're talking about logging into a website logging into a system um, you know, we're talking about uh, for one of our clients. Um, we're working with them to build a really cool solution, uh, which is taking a look at shipping and receiving and understanding. Okay, well, what's coming in? What's really needed on the floor? What What's um, available in the back of house? And creating a prioritized list of product and boxes that says, okay, work these fourteen boxes first. Put these six boxes and put them directly into the back of house instead of sending them to the floor. Uh, because there's a need, there's not a need for you to take this to the floor right away. Um, and then therefore if you've only got, you know, 40 man hours of work, um, before store open to process a shipment, you could process the most important boxes first. And in order to do that, you have to be able to log into your delivery system. You have to be able to log into your RFID system. You may want to take a look at point of sale data, understand the highest velocity items, um, over the last little while and prioritized based on collection. And so there's a whole bunch of different um, systems that you may want to log into and take a look at. And you could do that in an automated fashion using these bots. So, Amazing. so for me, that's kind of like a, that's a step towards AI. So you can actually layer in AI into these bots to make decisions. Yeah. But I think the first level is just going off of a set of rules and coming up with things you want them to do. Um, and then you could actually start them having, you know, giving them the intelligence to make decisions. But to me, that's a further out. That's a little bit further out.
0: JP, Marshall, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure. Our thank pleasure. you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. My thanks to JP and Marshall for joining us today. My name is Philip Lasner, and on behalf of myself and ITL Intelligent Label Solutions, I would like to thank all of you for listening to this edition of Retail Talks.